0: Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own Heritage of Faith. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and I'm the ministry assistant at Heritage. And tonight, we come to the end of our series called Back to the Beginning, and we're finishing up with the story of the Tower of Babel. If you would like to join in the conversation tonight or if you have any questions or would like to pray with somebody, please give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. I want to give a quick shout out to Marilyn in the Bronx. I talked to her on Wednesday night. It was awesome to chat with her for a minute and also pray with her. Uh, thank you for all of our callers over the last couple of weeks. We do have those racism booklets going out to you this week. So, Pastor, as we come to the end of this 27-part series called Back to the Beginning, can you remind us why we even did the series in the first place?
1: Because, Michael, we need to be grounded in a biblical worldview now more than ever because our culture is trying to wash away the truth of God's Word. Mm. And so the first 11 chapters are the foundations for our worldview today that we need to have. That is belief in a creation, that God Mm -hmm. created us. Mm -hmm. Understand that we're fallen, a fallen people. We're fallen into sin, and we need redemption. And that's Genesis 3. And then, of course, understand that the world was destroyed by a flood, Mm -hmm. and God is a God of wrath, and and a God of power and creation. And now tonight, we're going to see how God confused all the languages and so how god is god over all the earth and Mm. and so tonight we're going to see where all the languages ultimately foundationally came from so this is the foundations of the bible when we go back to the beginning
0: yeah amen it's been a great time
1: yeah thank you micah for always being here and all the insight that you provide as well every week you do an amazing job and and our in-panel guests every week are always a blessing what a thrill to have with us members from our church many times like tonight we have back with us Raul. Good to have you with us Raul.
2: Thank you Pastor. Great to be here. Praise the Lord.
1: Yeah and you said that you have one of your uh, co-workers listening tonight.
2: Yes I praise the Lord. Uh, Wendy Benjamin. I hope you're out there listening tonight. Uh, Wendy's a secretary who's been working with us for the past few months and just what a blessing she's she's been to me and all our team.
1: Well, we are certainly happy to have Wendy listening and all of our listeners. And we also want to invite you to our church, Wendy, and all our listeners. If you're looking for a good Bible-believing church, we're right in the heart of Manhattan. On Sunday morning, we meet at 490 Hudson Street, which is a school right in Greenwich Village. If, you're, if you live over there in New Jersey, you just take the PATH train right to Christopher Street. It's like a half a block from there. Or the closest train is the 1 or 9 train, the Christopher Street stop. Or you could take multiple trains at West 4th. So not a far walk, but we'd love to have you. Greenwich Village is a very nice community and in, in New York City. So come and visit with us on Sunday. If you'd like to come to a prayer meeting on Wednesday, we have a, a beautiful condominium space on at 633 3rd Avenue. That's between 40 and 41st Street. And that's our own. So we did buy that condominium space. And if you want more information about our church, we have a lot of stuff coming up, actually. Yeah, we do. And it's all on our website at hbcnyc.org. Next month, we're going to have a missions conference. We're going to have a church retreat. We're going to host a a FBFI uh, fellowship of Christians around the city at Bethel Baptist Fellowship in September. We're going to start our Heritage Discipleship Institute. A lot of different things. A lot of things are happening in our church, and we're moving forward in this time. We invite you to be with us and visit with us and check us out and see if we're a church that's good good for you.
0: Pastor, do you ever sleep? Oh, (laughs) absolutely.
1: And you know what we're excited tonight to have with us? Someone who's here every Sunday, yeah. and she usually just comes, and she just is with us, and it's always such a blessing to have you with us, Nana. But tonight, you're going to join us in studio and talk to us for a little bit. So thank you, Nana, for being here.
3: Of course. It's great to be here, Pastor. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and Nana, and we, we go back a few years, don't we, Nana? I, used to, <laughs> I picked you up for vacation Bible time. How many years ago was that?
3: been probably 10 years
1: 10 wow. years okay and what an amazing thing to see you grow and now into a young lady a servant of God saved baptized a faithful super f- you're not just faithful nana you're super faithful okay so we really appreciate you yeah.
3: thank you pastor okay. it's
1: been
0: fun to watch her take care of the kids over the last year or so she that's does right the nursery she does some of the children's ministry stuff
1: that's right and and stuff. sometimes when adults come with children she takes care of the kids here yeah. as well as, mm-hmm. as well as a church so Great. Okay, so we are going to do the last chapter in our study and back to the beginning. We're going to, and we, our, our practice, and we're going to do it tonight, is to read the whole chapter. Yeah. So there's some names and genealogies here, but it's in God's Word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we're going to read the whole thing. And so we're going to start with N- uh, Nana as we read Genesis chapter 11, verses 1, all the way down to verse 32.
3: And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth.
2: And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech." So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth.
0: These are the generations of Shem. Shem was a hundred years old and begat Arphaxad two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he begat Arphaxad 500 years and begat sons and daughters. And Arfaxad lived 5 and 30 years and begat Salah. And Arfaxad lived after he begat Salah 403 years and begat sons and daughters. And Salah lived 30 years and begat Aber. And Salah lived after he begat Aber 403 years and begat sons and daughters. And Aber lived 4 and uh, 30 years and begat Peleg. And Abra lived after he begat Peleg four hundred and thirty years and begat sons and daughters. And Peleg lived thirty years and begat Reu. And Peleg lived after he begat Reu two hundred and nine years and begat sons
1: and daughters. And Reu lived two and thirty years and begat Serug. And Reu lived after he begat Serug two hundred and seven years and begat sons and daughters. And Serug lived thirty years and begat Nahor. And Serug lived after he begat Nahor. Two hundred years and begat sons and daughters, and Nahor lived nine and twenty years and begat Terah, and Nahor lived after he begat Terah a hundred and nine nineteen years and begat sons and sons and daughters, and Terah lived seventy years and begat Abram, Nahor and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his uh, in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees, and Abraham, and Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren; she had no child. And Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Okay, and let's pray.
0: Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this story. Um, in genesis chapter 11 lord that finishes up our series and we just pray that you bless our conversation tonight lord and bless the listeners as we discuss the importance of going back to the beginning and seeing where the languages were divided lord so again we just ask you to bless us and bless our conversation in jesus name we pray amen
1: okay so when it comes to human history and our national origins micah this short narrative tells us of an all-momentous event that happened in history, and it's real history, happened in Babel, yeah. and we have to keep this event in our thinking if we're going to get history right. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and we see again that God is intervening upon the face of the whole earth. So what he's doing here is not a local event. Yeah. It is a worldwide event that, that has affected us uh-huh. as well, the confusion of the languages. And so God is at work this tells us how the world became divided into so many languages and one thing that is a reality mm-hmm. that no one can <laughs> deny is this world is confused <laughs> right with many languages i think about yeah, five thousand. Five thousand. Wow. so yeah. at least seventy of them de- derived from the tower of babel and the confusion of languages and then of course out of that they evolved into the multiple languages that we see today now according to evolutionists Man's ability to communicate with one another required centuries and centuries and centuries to develop. But they deny the fact of what happened at the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. And no matter what evolutionists will say, language is so complicated and scientifically constructed Mm -hmm. that only God could do it. Now, God miraculously gave Adam and Eve, the ability to speak a language as soon as they were yeah. created. They, <laughs> yeah. they could talk. They right. Adam ro- rose up out of the dust talking. Yeah. What I, language did he I
0: think it was Hebrew. Okay, Hebrew. Hebrew.
1: But there was one language <laughs> that God put in his mind. So here God erases yeah. from the people a language they previously would have known and then puts a brand new language mm-hmm. into their mind. It's mm-hmm. a miracle. You can't explain it, but miracles you can't explain. That what That's what makes them miracles. So, Micah, as we've gone from... Genesis chapter 1 now through chapter 11. We've we've sought to take what one would call a normal, literal approach to Scripture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is, we consider rules of grammar. And so we've looked at grammar. We consider history. And we've looked at history. We consider biology and geography. We've talked about... A lot of different things right. in this series we, mm-hmm. series, we t- we've talked about culture, and so we, one has to interpret the Bible from a cultural, from a grammatical, from a historical, from a, even a scientific point of view, from mm-hmm. true real science, yeah. not, not false science, right. fake science. Mm-hmm. So it's been a great excursion. Yeah it has And so now we're at the end of the series, and we're going to start studying Joseph next week, which we're excited about. But we want to say this as we begin this program. Again, foundationally, when we seek to understand the Bible, is this: when the Scripture makes plain sense, seek no other sense. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is a foundational rule of interpretation. I didn't think of that, but somebody well said it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I like that. When the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. So let's get into this passage of Scripture. And we have with us some bilingual folks in our studio tonight. And Nana, you speak Chinese. Yes, I do. Yeah, you speak Chinese fluently. No. No, just but conversational. You're conversational. Okay, well, that's fluent for me because <laughs> your mom hardly speaks very speaks very little English. Yeah, yes, that's true. And you can communicate very well with your mom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And Raúl, you speak Spanish. Spanish yep. Yeah. Uh, What's your heart language? Is it English or Spanish? What what language do you talk to yourself?
2: Well, I'm comfortable equally with both languages. I love having conversations with my dad where I speak in all English and he replies in all Spanish and it's just great.
1: Okay, yeah, you you love that. And so do you like being able to speak two languages well? Do Do you enjoy that part of your life and experience?
3: I do, but it does get a little mixed up because I can just speak to my friends, but I'll accidentally say it in Mandarin, and they're like, what did you just say? <laughs> yeah. So, I, And then I have to catch myself, and then I have to speak it back in English again.
1: You know, the amazing thing too about language how how many languages do you speak, Mike? Uno. Oh, Uno. I speak Uno and a half.
3: <laughs> not even
0: a half. I shouldn't say that. About
1: one and a tenth. I speak a little Spanish. You know what? I, was I, was with, uh, Spanish. I was with somebody on
0: Friday who only spoke English and we were able we were actually able to communicate because I know a little bit of Spanish. But okay. I would I'm definitely not fluent.
1: Yeah, yeah. The amazing thing about language is it's so easily learned when you learn it from birth. Right. And from a child. hmm Like at lunch today, I was out with the TLC family, a Filipino family, Mm -hmm. and they were trying to teach me words in Tagalog, and I've already forgotten them, you know? (laughs) I mean, just really simple (laughs) ones like, let's go and let's eat and whatever, you know? So you'll have to reteach me those words, Chloe, okay, the next time we talk, because I'm sure Chloe can speak Tagalog really well, even though she's a little girl, but Mm -hmm. she is in home where people are speaking that language. Children just pick up languages. So let me ask you guys this. To those who are bilingual, that does not include you, Micah. Have you ever used language as a way of communicating secretly? Maybe you're with someone in the store or something like that and you're just standing there and, and you want to talk to that person. You don't want the other people around you to understand what you're saying or maybe you want, you're talking about something. Or Have you ever used language like that so that people around you could not understand you?
2: Yeah, I think I uh, might have been on on a line once at a supermarket with my wife, and I thought I might have seen like a ball player or somebody of some celebrity significance. And I'm like, you know, in Spanish, you know, hey, babe, I think this is like so-and-so. You know, um. and, and the person just looks, no, I'm not, you know, like they oh, yeah. are. So oh. I got shot oh. down pretty oh. pretty quick, oh. yeah. Oh. Can't remember if it was a ball player or the weatherman, but, you know, I got celebrity shots, so. Th-
1: that's funny. Nana, do you have any experience like that?
3: Yeah, so my family is Chinese, and generally the Chinese language is split into two, yeah. Mandarin and Cantonese. Mm-hmm. So while my family does speak Mandarin, we also speak a specific dialect, which is called Fujinese, and it's mm-hmm. one of the most difficult dialects to learn to speak. Wow. So even among other Chinese people, I can still communicate secretly with my siblings. For instance, if I'm in a crowded store, I just shout to my sibling to grab the vegetables we forgot, and they <laughs> will immediately know that it's me talking.
1: Oh, wow. So even other Chinese people don't know that dialect.
3: Yes, because they might just know Mandarin.
1: Wow. that's so. You see, that's the amazing thing. So Language is so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a... Since this is the last... Uh, message in this series back to the beginning what we want to do is kind of just look fly over at Genesis 1 to 11 and see these foundations of human history as God gives a totally honest evaluation of man and and tells of at least three major rebellions against God in these chapters and each act of rebellion results in a judgment but also with the hope of salvation So in the big picture, let's just see how these first 11 chapters kind of uh, fit together. Michael, why Mm -hmm. don't you, you start us off on this? Yeah, well, you know, when you think
0: about the Bible as a whole, chronologically, it covers approximately 4,000 years of human history. So it takes us from creation, which was about 4,000 B.C., through John's vision of the revelation of Jesus Christ in about 96 A.D. You know, there's some prophecy, of course, sprinkled in. But it's important to point out that these first 11 chapters of Genesis cover half of that biblical timeline, the initial 2,000 years. So these few events which the Holy Spirit chose to feature within the first 2,000 years, they're extremely significant. And as you said, Pastor, there are three major rebellions which are highlighted within this time frame. The first is the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve disobey their Creator's command not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, we're all familiar with that story. Uh, but when we take a step back, this act of rebellion, it's pretty shocking, you know, yeah. because Adam and Eve had it all. They lived in a wow. perfect environment in the Garden of Eden. They had a sinless nature. And best of all, they had intimacy and fellowship with God. And yet, when faced with that temptation of becoming as gods themselves, the first man and woman chose to rebel. And then, of course, the Lord's punishment, it was swift it's severe. Adam and Eve were evicted from the Garden, cursed in various ways, but... In their shame, God showed mercy to them. He clothed them with animal skins, the first act of forgiveness through atoning blood. And God promised them that someday, someday, the seed of the woman would come as the ultimate atonement for sin, undoing what had been done in the garden.
1: Yeah, and that's something that the sin of man ends with the hope of salvation through blood atonement. Mm, Very critical. Yeah. Uh, Raul, let's move on. What's that next great rebellion?
2: Yeah, so we move on and we go into reading through Genesis 6 and we see the world has become more populated. In the early verses there of that chapter, we see where sexual sin gets mentioned and the wickedness of man is increasing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also see the beauty of of the Lord. Uh, he says, My spirit shall not contend with men forever. And our Lord is merciful and he seeks Uh, to save the lost but again the wickedness increase and in the Lord's plan he's going to literally purge wickedness off the earth by destroying it uh, with water with a great flood but there is a remnant Noah and his family which are to to be saved and so humanity will continue
1: yes and then God gave an everlasting covenant to Noah and that gives hope of salvation. So our salvation is through the everlasting covenant. Mm. And Christ is the fulfillment of that covenant through the atoning blood that he ultimately would shed. And then the third act of rebellion, and all of these acts, of course, are worldwide. Yeah. So Adam and Eve's sin affected the whole world. Yeah. And it was the whole human race at that time, yeah. You know, Adam and Eve. And then, of course... The, the worldwide flood affected the whole world. And what goes on here in Genesis chapter 11 with God confusing the languages affects the whole world as humanity gathers in direct defiance against God. When he told them to multiply and scatter, they all want to come together and rebel against God. And so their disobedient plot ends with the judgment of the confusion of the languages. And so the earth still bears the marks mm. of these events that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And Micah, that's an amazing point that you actually made. That the Bible talks about 4,000 years of history. Yeah. And here's 2,000 years of that history. That's that's a wonderful point to keep in our minds. And But God gives hope as well at the end of this chapter. Mm-hmm. As... The promised seed is, we see, is now God is working to bring him into the world. Not through Nimrod, but through Abraham. Mm -hmm. And what is also amazing, and this is why I like to do contextual studies, Uh because we studied about Canaan, how God cursed Canaan, of all the places where God is going to (laughs) lead his seed that's going to bring salvation to the world. He leads them right into the heart of the most difficult place maybe on planet Earth at that time is where mm-hmm. the Canaanites were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't mm-hmm. that amazing?
0: Yeah, it gave them an amazing challenge to overcome.
1: Yeah. 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 So, So let's look at this passage, Genesis chapter 11. And we see, first of all, this proud rebellion against God in verses 1 through 4. And it's really highlighted by man saying three times, let us. So the people of Shinar, which is Babylon, I believe this is the area of Babylon, show rebellion against the will and purpose of God. They say, let us, let us, let us, right? Mm -hmm. Three times. So how does this mirror selfish ambition and even the selfishness and sin we see so prevalent today?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, as this post-flood generation, as they move from east to west, they come to the large plain in Shinar, which they view as a very desirable place to settle. And when they get there, they say, let us make brick. Let us build a city. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered. But all of these things that they're saying are in defiance of God's order to replenish the earth. And yet they were not concerned with defying God. They wanted to reach heaven and to make a name for themselves in a prideful desire, which it echoes back in time, not only to Adam and Eve, who we just talked about, but it actually echoes back even further to the rebellion of Satan. And I always go back to Isaiah 1414 where lucifer said i will ascend above the heights of the clouds i will be like the most high i mean doesn't that sound exactly like what these people were saying as they began to build this tower and At the same time, their pride and rebellion, it was unified in the days of Babel, but it's still thriving today, Pastor, as you mentioned. So when we observe the movement toward globalism with tech companies, non-government organizations, political alliances between countries, we see there is this coordinated effort to come together against God, and we actually haven't seen that since Shinar. So in many ways, through technology, Mm -hmm. erasing the differences and the difficulties between the languages being erased, it's returning us quickly to the days of Babel.
1: You know, it's man's pride doesn't change, does it? No, Micah and Row. Man's pride doesn't change.
2: Uh, It doesn't, and we see clearly here. Let us. I mean, these folks literally. I mean, to me, the key word there in that rebellion is us. Men become lovers of themselves. Uh, Paul actually reminds a young pastor Timothy in Second Timothy three about that. Uh, Men become lovers of themselves, and that's I've always said that we sometimes become our favorite uh, idol, sadly. Yeah, and, and,
1: and man, it, the pride doesn't change. So it's like whether it's let us make these bricks. And so this these bricks were a new technology yeah. in their world mm-hmm. because they weren't merely sun-dried. And the text even says, let us make us brick for stone and slime. And it says, let us burn them thoroughly. And so what we see here is this perhaps was the first time that bricks were fired in a kiln mm. or a furnace. Mm-hmm. It gave them real, strong, lasting durability. Yeah. So they thought they could build this tower up to heaven mm-hmm. in, in their pride. So whether it's let us make a brick or yeah. whether let us make a World Wide Web, uh, let us make this TikTok f- platform, yeah. you know, uh-huh. let us let us make an Apple iPhone. And, yeah. and I'm not saying that. They were all done in pride. But, right. but you mm-hmm. know, man is always devising new things. And, and it's so easy for man to become proud mm-hmm. in the things that they're devising. But what we need to do most of all is look to the Lord mm-hmm. and be saved, dear mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. and trust him. So let us, let us make us a name. Isn't that what man still likes for
2: themselves? Yeah, you yeah, they- I- And I was thinking about that, and it's just, uh, I mean, incredible because sometimes we want, you know, the the name for purely prideful purposes, but there's such a need sometimes for notoriety, Uh it almost becomes darkened. And, I mean, um, you know, I'm a career criminal investigator, and there are instances when you have, like, sensational crimes, like a a sensational murder that's Mm -hmm. front-page news, Mm -hmm. and the investigating authorities at times have to purposely give the media Mm -hmm. some false details, if you will, Simply because believe it or not, you will have people that will call and say, "I'm the one that killed so and so and and they've done that because they want that notoriety It's sad that they, they seem to have nothing else in their life that they're willing to do that yeah, and that's pretty it's pretty scary, you know we're living
1: in a world where people do want to build a name yeah. for themselves, mm-hmm. they want to build a brand you know like you' you've been in clothing designs yeah. and stuff, yeah. and isn't they don't sell their clothes if they don't Build a name, right? And it's their name that sells those clothes, right? So it's like, let us make us a name. And people still are seeking to build a name. But here's the beautiful thing I love. I love this about being a Christian is we're not here to make a name for ourselves we're here to lift up the name which is above every name Mm -hmm. the name to which every knee will bow Mm -hmm. the name of jesus christ and here their goal to build a city and make a name for themselves was thwarted by god and Mm -hmm. what we read and what we understand from this passage is, you can't fight god you ultimately cannot fight god you can rebel against him and you can go a certain distance in that rebellion but 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 You're not going to thwart God's plans and purposes. He's going to ultimately thwart you in your rebellion, dear friends. So don't fight against God. Submit to Him and submit to His name, the name which is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And also in the context of this, man was seeking to build themselves a name, but God said to Abraham, "I will bless thee and make thy name great." Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so when God gives you a great name, receive it. But don't live to make a name for yourself. Live that others might know the name of jesus and here we're here to preach jesus ultimately dear friends he's the savior of the world he's the one who bled on the cross and died and rose again as alive today and whosoever will call in the name of the lord shall be saved and if we could pray with you if we can encourage you if we could lead you to salvation, and point you to Jesus Christ so that you will know that He's your Savior and you can walk with Him as your friend. Give us a call right now. We do have wonderful call screeners here this evening at 929-333-3739. We didn't give the phone number, did we, tonight? You did at the, at the beginning. The very beginning yeah. Yeah. So give us a call right now, dear friends. Our phone lines are open, and you'll get through if you call at 929 333 Three, nine. So Raoul, they want to build a tower even to the heavens. Let's talk about this tower for a moment. And what is the significance of this tower that they seek to build? to reach into the heavens. It's almost like this is going to be the first city skyline. right? Yeah. Which, uh, we, we even call them skyscrapers. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like they wanted to build a beautiful skyline that would attract the people, that would keep the people in their one area. Let's talk about the significance of this tower.
2: Yeah, it would have definitely served that purpose. Uh, there's some debate about building it to the heavens. Probably doesn't mean literally reaching to heaven, but as you said, uh, something that would be of such significance, it would make It would make Babylon, China shine in that sense. Mm. It would draw. um, And, you know, there are probably some cultural implications there. But the main thing is um, a lot of people believe it would have been the first type of uh, ziggurat, as it's often referred to, uh, would would have been a center of like early pagan um, religions. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people say um, it it would have been just decorated um, inside um, with the known planets of that time. There would have been astrological components. Um, definitely things like uh, uh, the Zodiac. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about that in Isaiah 47:13. Uh, 13, uh, thou art weary in the multitude of thy counsels, astrologers, stargazers, monthly pronosticators. And uh, it just made me think, I mean, uh, mo- most people... Uh, have not gone to such a tower or a ziggurat, but uh, I think we all know people that can't begin their day without reading uh, their horoscope, whether online or in a newspaper. Did you say a horoscope? A horoscope. I emphasize horror, (laughs) uh, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, it's it's all still there, sadly, today.
0: Yeah. Many scholars, they actually believe that prior to the flood, the fallen angels of Genesis 6, not only did they take wives for themselves from the daughters of men, procreating and corrupting the human gene, as we talked about, but they also brought secret knowledge to mankind, knowledge about science and technology, warfare, weaponry, and knowledge about the unseen Hmm. realm. and Some believe that a memory of that secret knowledge survived the flood, probably through Ham and down through his wicked descendants. And so the Tower of Babel then was built just a few generations after the flood, not only as a physical symbol of pride, but as a giant pagan shrine, as a way to reconnect with the lost spiritual realm. And as we said, it was a religious venture, but the true creator was not going to let humanity complete it.
1: That's right. This tower essentially was built as some form of astrological worship center to exalt the creation mm. rather than the creator. It was a tower dedicated, it seems, in some way to the angelic host of heaven. Now, one of the most fascinating verses in the book of Job, the mm. first book of the Bible, actually, that was written, it's in Job 38 verse 22. God himself is speaking and God tells Job, Canst thou bring forth Mazaroth in his seasons Mm -hmm. and I have to credit my wife completely with pointing this out to me I never noticed it or saw it but if you look up that word Maseroth, even in the marginal note of the King James Bible Mm -hmm. and what it means is the 12 signs signs. that's what it actually means and God tells Job, can you bring forth the Maseroth, the 12 signs? Mm. So in their original intent, I believe that Maseroth, the 12 signs Mm -hmm. written in the stars, Mm -hmm. was known by man and was pure. It was the pure gospel message. But here in the Tower of Babel, I believe that it's corrupted. Satan is a thief and a liar. Mm-hmm. And we, we've seen him recently steal the rainbow, if mm-hmm. you will. The yeah. rainbow, mm-hmm. a sign of God's faithfulness yeah. to make it a sign of something immoral and mm-hmm. something that is against God. Yeah. And so in the same way, Satan steals the stars and the message that was a pure message of the gospel and then corrupts it. Into what we would call like you said, the horoscope or like mo- modern day <laughs> astrology, yeah. I believe it had its start in Babel of old, mm-hmm. and yes, modern day astrology, in the seeking of the stars for guidance and looking at the the the, the, the daily horoscope must be fully condemned and rejected mm-hmm. but th- that that's what really happened here in yeah. the tower of Babel. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's important to point out, you know, in Genesis 1, God says that he gave the stars for signs and for seasons, but it also said that the Lord named them. So Psalm 147, verse 4 says, He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their name. So as we said, many even conservative Bible scholars believe that the pagan zodiac is actually a corruption and a counterfeit of this Maseroth that, Pastor, you're talking about. And the purpose of those constellations was not only to mark the months, but even to give the message of the gospel. So the year, it starts with Virgo, the virgin, and it ends with Leo, the lion. And in between, the constellations tell the story of God conquering the serpent, and it's known as the gospel and the stars.
1: Yeah, yeah, and my wife could tell you more about that if if any listeners want to call. Um, She would be glad to talk to you if you wanted to give your number, (laughs) okay? But our phone number is wide open here at 929-333-3739. If you want to join our conversation on air with Raul and Nana, Micah, and myself, we'd love to have you give us a call right now. Or if you need prayer in any way, you're going through something, you're going through changes, you're going through situations right now, and you just need somebody to talk to, maybe you want some counsel, maybe you have an idea about something, give us a call, 929-333-3739. And and Mike, another thing about this is what happened here in Mm -hmm. pagan Babylon didn't stop here, right? because really, Babylon is not destroyed until sometime still in the future. Mm -hmm. And so the religious element, the Antichrist element, we're going to talk about Nimrod in in a moment, and just the pagan element of idolatry didn't stop here. And it actually ultimately would spread into the Jewish temple and lead to to its ultimate destruction. And even like a verse like Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 5. The prophet Zephaniah says, And them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops, and them that worship and that swear by the Lord, and that swear by Malcolm, and them that are turned back from the Lord, and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of him. And so the prophet says, hold your peace at the presence of the Lord. Seek the Lord. Don't seek the, the God after the pagan ways of this world. Mm. And don't combine it. I mean, yeah. so so the Jewish yeah. people tried to combine, you know, yeah. to seek God, and yet seek God through pagan means. Yeah. No, reject the pagan means and seek God alone, dear friends. Yeah. So we're going to go to a song, and we want our listeners to call as you hear this beautiful song. And rather than, let's not rebel against God as Nimrod in this rebellion rebelled but rather let us rejoice in all God's ways and that's what this song is about we rejoice in all your ways I love this song we praise you Lord you're worthy of all of our praise tonight Yes, Lord, we do rejoice in all your ways. You are good. You are great. You are glorious. We need to follow the Lord, and and we need to repent of any rebellion against him, don't we? And, Raul, we were just talking during that song that you have some friends listening to you. You want to say hello?
2: Yeah, praise the Lord, uh, family and friends. And just a special shout-out. She's listening tonight, uh, Mary Rosario, who I like to call the 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 most spirit filled of the finest if i will but sis wow uh, that's great we love you we love the nypd we are very grateful for what you all do god bless you stay safe tonight we do
1: pray for our peace officers and thank god for christian uh police officers and we do pray the lord will give you strength Mm -hmm. so let's continue talking about genesis chapter 11 micah and now let's talk about nimrod for a moment his name is not mentioned in this text his name is mentioned, however, in chapter 10, that he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, mm-hmm. and he became mighty in the world at this time, and, yeah. and he was a city builder and so forth. So, let's talk a, for a moment about Nimrod, because no doubt he was leading in this rebellion going on in Genesis chapter 11, yeah. and his importance in human history.
0: Yeah, so... After the flood, the plight of man, it became much more difficult, and survival itself became uncertain because men no longer lived in that perfect climate, which they would grow their food, but instead they were dealing with seasons and fickle weather, and they also lived among newly carnivorous beasts like lions and bears and dinosaurs. So the people did what people do when they're fearful, and they called for a leader with their unified language, and Nimrod, that mighty hunter, rose to the occasion. And in Genesis Chapter 10, verse 10, it says in the, be- the beginning of Nimrod's kingdom was Babel in the mm-hmm. land of Shinar. So even though it doesn't mention him in this chapter, we know that the beginning of his kingdom was actually Babel and a few other cities. And there's a pastor and prophecy teacher named Gary Stearman who describes Nimrod like this. And he says, Nimrod was a rebel who allowed himself to be worshipped as a god. His rebellion became the foundations of mankind's greatest religious apostasy, known simply as the Babylonian mystery religion. Mm-hmm. And this false yeah. worship, it attempts to channel the power of the ancient gods through the figure of one powerful man. Nimrod became that god and later was worshipped as the mythical Tammuz, mentioned in the Bible, whose wife Semiramis became the goddess mother of humanity. And she's the model for all the ancient fertility goddesses, Ishtar, Astarte, Ashtaroth, Artemis, Isis, and Diana. So Nimrod was an anti-god, christ figure and his pagan one world religion It spread from ancient babylon throughout the world and even into our days i would say
1: yeah and micah honestly listeners should go back and listen and re-listen to what you just said because you just said a whole lot and Mm -hmm. it's easy for that let to let that all just go right by (laughs) us but you just said a lot about nimrod Mm -hmm. he was a warrior a city builder and a mighty hunter And I call him really the first progressive globalist who sought to unite the people of the world under his rule. And that's really where the political movements of Western civilization are moving today, which Mm. is going to welcome the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. So Nimrod was the first Antichrist figure. And you mentioned about Semiramis and uh, and Tammuz and things like that. And that's very important because... Although some of this is not specifically mentioned in the biblical account, the Bible does talk about a queen of heaven in mm-hmm. Jeremiah chapter 7. Mm-hmm. It does talk about this weeping for Tammuz yeah. in Ezekiel chapter 8. Yeah. What exactly does do those things mean, or what do they reference? Many people believe this, and basically tradition tells us this based on the queen of heaven and the weeping for Tammuz and so forth. Is yeah. that... Nimrod, this mighty hunter, died some kind of a violent death. He was lamented for 40 days. By the way, Lent comes out of this pagan Mm -hmm. concept that Nimrod died and was lamented for 40 days. Mm -hmm. Then he was allegedly reborn through his wife, Semiramis. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Semiramis, which is his wife. Semiramis claimed that she slept with no man. Mm. In other words, that Nimrod was born... Reborn in her after he was slain, yeah. and basically resurrected, reborn in her and through her. Mm-hmm. This is a false gospel, right? False gospel, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so it's amazing, and and she said she was born, that she reborn, rebirthed Nimrod yeah. in a virgin way. Yeah. So this is a, a wicked corruption yeah. of the true mm-hmm. gospel. Yeah. And so that's why we see Semiramis. The wife and also the mother she's the wife and mother at the same time. She's regarded as the queen of heaven. Yeah. And and frankly, is Roman Catholicism comes out of these mystery Babylonian religions mm-hmm. of the first century world because these Babylonian religions morphed into different cultures and were there in the first century mm-hmm. in pagan Rome mm-hmm. and So when Roman Catholicism began to develop it, it basically took the corruption of Babylonian mystery religions and the idea of the queen of heaven mm-hmm. and, and that 's why Mary is worshipped within the Roman Catholic system mm-hmm. so there 's a lot of the, what, what happened there didn 't stay there, right. it moved out and moved into the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, good. Uh, yeah, it's good. I would just
0: say the only other thing is, so often you see in 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 Roman Catholicism in Western art, uh, but even prior to that, um, is this worship of mother and child. There's this yeah. mother and child figure that you often it's see. throughout ancient and, cultures. And of yeah. course, what we would mostly see is Mary and Jesus, but that that was not the first version of the mother and child and the worshiping of that
1: right and the worship of the the mother was never meant to be by god Mm -hmm. but that came out of babylonian mystery religions it came out of paganism and not from the bible Mm -hmm. okay so let's now move forward to god's response to this rebellious plot role what does god do in verses five through eight of genesis 11 and what is his response to man's rebellion in these verses
2: yeah, we see our Lord, our triune God, uh, respond anthropomorphically. I always mess it up, Pastor. Go ahead. Uh, say it for me. Anthropomorphically.
1: There we go. We that see... means God is described in human terms, right? Correct.
2: Yeah, I know what it means. just can't pronounce it. I'll butcher it again and again. <laughs> okay. But we see it says that the Lord uh, came down to see, let us come down. Um, and obviously, God is everywhere. God is omnipresent. That, that makes it a little bit easier for us to understand. But we do see... The glory of god there there's no creation of man there's no structure uh which can ever reach god's domain uh every human being we are subservient uh to god and we see the beauty of the lord the the lord is involved in this he he knows intimately what's going on in his creation, even with the sins of men. Mm. And we know that God is not going to allow this plan to go through. God has given a command to populate the earth, be fruitful and multiply, not to make this tower and to engage in all this pride. And so we see that God is going to thwart this. We see it through uh, the confusion um, of of the languages. Uh, And so we do see God's glory. We see God's judgment. Mm -hmm. We see God's power and his sovereignty.
1: Mm. Yeah, and it's amazing the power of God to just thwart man's rebellion because man said three times right let us let us let us mm-hmm. and God said, no, no let, let us, us. <laughs> and so God is speaking as the triune God there yep. Father Son uh-huh. and Holy Spirit mm-hmm. you think you're going to reach you build a tower that's going to reach into the heavens I love Revelation chapter 18 verse 5 and I know we, we talked about this in our revelation series but the <laughs> only thing that ultimately reached into heaven was her sins. Revelation 18 verse 5 her sins have reached into heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities Mm -hmm. and so God is going to come down and break up their party Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I just think you know in a million years human beings never could have made up this story because God's actions at Babel are both totally shocking and Supernaturally wise so God sees the wickedness of man coalescing around this tower project and he could have simply destroyed the tower and killed those involved But in his brilliance, God's punishment, he did much more than that. So first, by confusing the language and the people, the building project, it immediately ceased. There was no way of communicating and no way of coordinating Mm -hmm. their efforts. But the second important result from God's punishment was that it forced the people to then replenish the earth. The command that God had actually given to Noah and his sons in the first place.
1: Yeah. And man sought to build a tower whose top may reach into the heavens. And as you said, Raul... Whether they actually thought they would be able to build a tower that would reach into heaven, but heavenward is clearly the idea. Mm -hmm. But no matter how high man's tower is built, it's never going to reach God. Mm -hmm. And God, to deal with man, always will come down. Has to come down Mm because He's so high. So Mm -hmm. God is is infinitely higher than man can ever build a tower, even to this present day. So, dear friends, let us not in our pride think that we're going to rebel against God and get away with it we must submit our ways to him and that means we have to kneel before him and confess Jesus is Lord he is the one who died on the cross for our sins and we need a crucified savior who shed his blood who rose again bodily from the grave to be our savior okay so can you imagine now Nana we're going to bring you into this conversation we didn't forget you over there what happened when those languages con- were confused can you imagine all of a sudden here was one language and all of a sudden God confuses the language there's 70 different languages mm-hmm. and can you put yourself there and imagine how it must have been and how much misunderstanding took place
3: so yes i actually have a good example so i was supposed to travel to the dominican republic in the summer of 2020 yeah and then covid hit
4: oh, yeah. oh.
3: but the plan was that we were going to live in with a host family in a village, and we would teach them English while they taught us Spanish. In preparing for my trip, I realized how difficult it was to even communicate the yeah. simplest things, even when, when you don't know the language. Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: It was hard. Oh, yeah, it was hard.
0: Yeah, I remember you were going to go on that trip, now and it got canceled. Um, yeah, in this day and age, you know, as Americans, you know, when we travel to a foreign country... Just think of all the tools that we have for communication. There's Rosetta Stone. You can learn the language. There's yeah. Google Translate. Once you get there, you can even hire an interpreter.
1: Have you done that when you've traveled abroad uh, to use Google Translate You know, They on?
0: actually have an app that you can hold your phone up to like a menu, let's say, and oh. it's written in another language, and it literally translates it in real time. I mean, wow. the, the the technology yeah. here. So, you, you know, we That's can amazing. manage. We can communicate. But yeah. at Babel, it was the first time that anyone had ever encountered another person who didn't speak their language, and it became total chaos. So at that point, the only solution was for individuals to find their family or their people group and then form their own small society separate from the people. The of general the contractor
1: languages. couldn't get his orders across to There's his no workers, way. right? And no there was <laughs> frustration, irritation. People couldn't do the simplest tr- of transactions. You couldn't even transact. I want, a, I want that piece of lettuce. And they didn't understand what le- – they let us – Build a tower. Now they couldn't even <laughs> buy a buy a a, a a head of lettuce. That was pretty you know. Bad. Yeah. Bad. That was oh, pretty I'm, bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Okay, so God divided the languages. At least seventy languages at this time, as there were seventy nations revealed in Genesis chapter ten. And then, as we conclude this chapter, in verses ten all the way down through verse 32, there are the generations of Shem, and then his generations are given, and then it says the generations of Terah, who became the father of Abram, and Abram is born, and God is leading him into Canaan as the, as the chapter ends, so yeah. it's really, there's a lot, of, that builds the tension, right, okay. as you go into Genesis yeah. 12, but what happened here now uh, with this, what, what is going on with this genealogy, Raul? given in these verses, which results in the birth of Abram. And how is this genealogy different from the genealogy in Genesis 5?
2: Yeah, and, you know, genealogies are not always easy to, to read through, but no. it's a great account, and all Scripture is inspired. It's there for a reason. And, you know, when you go to Genesis 5, and you see this record basically going from Adam all the way through, through Noah... Um, you know and we see uh, all these generations living for hundreds of uh, of years and um you know of course every every one of them ending in death with the exception of Enoch who you right. know walked with God
1: yeah that's the key thing in Genesis 5 right. and he died and he died is yeah. repeated right and
2: but we we go through Noah and of course we see God's deliverance and now we see the beauty going into chapter 11 um, and we're going through all these generations up through Uh, abram Mm. and now we 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 see where we initially go in genesis 5 through noah and god uh uses uh, through noah to continue life now we see through Mm. abraham the promise which is for us which is for all uh believers and and even there i mean it ends what we see with sarah uh being barren but Mm, the lord is going to have his way and and we know that ultimately um, the womb was uh, was open, and I just think it's really incredible and just beautiful. It is
1: amazing, you know how that that genealogy ended with Noah and then Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah would save the world by building the ark, mm-hmm. and now this one begins with Shem, mm-hmm. and and so it just continues, and yeah. then and then God brings Abraham into the world, and through him all the nations of the world will be blessed.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I would say the genealogy of Shem it's incredibly important because it actually leads to the reversal of babel and let me explain yeah so as we said through shem eventually comes jesus christ the savior of the world and through jesus all of his believers are given the holy spirit of the living god something that we first saw on the day of pentecost and on pentecost The language barriers which first appeared at Babel were temporarily removed. So Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit gave Jesus' followers the ability to speak in other tongues or other languages in order to spread the gospel to all the people groups gathered for the feast in Jerusalem. And I'll just read that quick passage, Acts 2, verses 4 through 6. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So it's literally a reversal at Babel through the genealogy of Shem.
1: Yes, thank you, Micah. That's awesome. Another thing, just real quick, is that in Genesis 5, the men lived very, very long. Mm-hmm. And in this genealogy, lifespans are decreasing and, and yep. decreasing, getting shorter and shorter. And it reminds us, dear friends, we're going to die. We need a Savior. And I have good news. There's a Savior. We've been telling you about Him, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world. Call upon Him. Whosoever will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Good night. God bless you. Check out our church at hbcnyc.org. Have a good evening. Micah, Nana, Raul, thanks for being here tonight. God bless. Good night, Pastor. Good night.
0: Thank you to the Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6pm for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then rejoice in the Lord.